staying in <laughs> oh is this that dialect <laughs> <laughs> yeah well welcome to fighting words why is this always recording in mono whatever i'll convert it later hmm. we got issues here donovan here thanks for tuning in you're cold now my feet are cold yeah you want some slippers i got some slippers Take some slippers. Really? <laughs> you can wear my slippers. <laughs> you know where my feet have been. Is there like a mat or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can put your feet on that. It's funny. Yes, that. Uh, I got poor circulation. Sorry. Do you actually? Mm-hmm. Huh. My fingers are always blue. And... Oh yeah. Aubrey's always like freezing. It's like sixty-eight degrees. I'm like. Yeah. She's right. like, it's freezing. I'm like, you know what? You need to chill out. Like. It's not that cold. She's already chilling out. That's the problem. Yeah. But she has, I think she has bad circulation. So does, so does chicken. Mm-hmm. Is that a condition? Is that a, do you, I was reading about something online the other day yeah. where it might not get blood to your fingers and stuff. And right. Like, so I thought some of it was like diabetes type. Uh, uh, what's the word? Symptoms? There you go. But. Uh, Why are you diabetic? Or like pre-diabetic type stuff, maybe? I don't think You're so. self-diagnosing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's, like, WebMD? He's, he's like, I'm cold. I must have diabetes. <laughs> WebMD, maybe. <laughs> so, but I, my dad's diabetic, so I thought, oh, okay, maybe something like that runs in the family. But there's also other stuff like you're overweight or you're out of shape, and I'm like, nah, 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 nah. got to be diabetic. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm ripped. It's got to be, be hereditary. <laughs> yeah, it can't be my fault. Right. <laughs> This, I, I, this is Freeland Shaw on oh, yeah. here with us, by the way. Hello. So, uh, we've had you on before. What's your middle name? Vernon. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Vernon. So we got a couple Vernons at church. Exactly. Hmm. Freeland Vernon. So, man, a lot's changed since yeah. we last hung out on the podcast, and a pandemic, a derecho, an election. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be good now, though. Oh yeah. Shoot shooting everybody up, right? Dude, I saw a meme where the guy there's the first scene was a you know, the first frame is this guy watching the clock, you know, waiting for twenty twenty to be over. It was like eleven fifty nine, you know, and then it changed to eleven sixty. <laughs> it was still like twenty twenty. <laughs> right. Well it's almost like uh what what was it when the two thousand or whatever? Well Y two K? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you're just sitting waiting for something to happen and nothing happens. I feel like that's what's... That's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be the same old miserable life. You're going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Same miserable life. So you've been uh, working from home. You were you were an yep. engineer. Yeah, since March. Like you haven't been into the office at all. No. Wow. Because I know Colin, some people are going in, right? Yep. Yeah. But so... You're not essential. No. Essentially, No. We're essential, but your computer's not actually even plugged in. This is <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just like I'm working, honey. Like that, that scene in uh, Seinfeld. No, what's what the uh, what's what's my favorite? Oh, Meet the Parents. You know where she's typing on the thing where he's in the airport. You know, oh, yeah. down here. 
Okay, maybe not. No, but. the lie detector thing? No, when he's like coming into, so he's getting on the plane. Oh, yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. The like lady at the hammer yeah. away at the keyboard. That's what I do. That's what she does. It's just not even plugged in. <laughs> busy, babe. I'm busy. How do you like working at home? I like it. I like yeah. it. it. It's good to be able to be available to the family. Yeah. Um, you know, my productivity, it, it it's kind of hit or miss sometimes, but. No uh, one at work's going to hear this, right? It, whatever they know it <laughs> they can tell <laughs> yeah they know. they're like this guy's not getting anything done. but uh yeah it, it's good to, you know, it's good to be flexible and um i i do um i mean all, all i do is write emails and go to meetings all day anyway so uh certainly miss the face-to-face aspect of things but yeah how do you feel like this is affecting your productivity um well it's easier to get distracted uh, is one thing to just like get up and walk around the house or, um, I, you know, when you, it's kind of that mindset thing, right? That's why I'm, I'm dressed up. Uh, yeah. because you know, if I wake up and throw my clothes on, I'm still in that routine. It's easier when you go, you should drive, office. you should get in your car. I thought about doing that. <laughs> drive around the block. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about doing that. Uh, cause that'd be another way to listen to some podcasts. Yeah, right? yeah. But, you know, you get up when you're in the office, you're in that mindset, like, okay, hey, I'm at work. Um, but when you're at home, you're at home, right? So um, sometimes it's just easy to get distracted or easy to, you know, hop down, grab something to drink, grab something sure. to eat. And, but, um, and, and it's tough to stay focused staring at a screen all day, you know, yeah. because uh, you're in meetings and it's just blah, 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 you know. And so um, it's better when you, even when you're in meetings all day at work, you at least have to get up and walk to it you know you get the circulation that's probably why i'm cold i got no yeah yeah yeah. no uh movement around but yeah so um it's just taking a concerted effort but um i do feel thankful that i'm able to fulfill some of my job function remotely so yeah do they address that like uh corporate wide like hey guys we've got some uh you know productivity issues we need to work on and or is it just they just realize this is part of the thing right now yeah so there's actually a initiative where they are trying to see do you actually want these oh yeah there we go yeah okay did you wash them before no but i always wear them with socks and they're pretty new so what size you wear uh you know like 13 yeah they might be a little tight i won't break them um they're doing like a study of some people are back in the office, like full teams are back in the office. So they're doing a study on how productive are they versus the people that are fully remote. So I'm sure they'll have some data. And, uh, I mean, we do, you know, all of our tools are collaborative anyway. So, um, I I don't think it's too terrible, but there's obviously some, some differences there. Yeah. Uh, just, just by human nature, I think. Do they have any, uh, like projection of when that will be over, like when people will be back in the office. Well, it's kind of a moving target, but uh, I think the uh, you know universal uh, vaccine availability is part of it. Um, and I, I don't know. To, to be honest, I'm not even sure what that's going to look like come June, right? Um, if s- some of it might be, hey, we don't need you to come back. You know, uh, because that's that's also part of the productivity study is uh, there's a lot of real estate that goes in and a lot of facilities that go yeah. to maintaining some of this. And if people are able to be somewhat productive at home, then, you know, 
we, we don't need to bring you back in. Save some costs. Yeah. So um, I think it's probably hard to measure that, man, the long-term effects of oh, yeah. not having the certainly the team building, just the communal synergy, the right. chit-chat that happens at work by the water cooler or whatever. Right. Is there an actual water cooler there? Uh, yeah. You should get one at home. <laughs> just go meet your kids over there right. and gossip like about your wife. Leaning on it all day. Like, what's she doing? What did you just cook last night? Like, what was that? Did you like that? That was garbage. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I I'm on the fence about being, you know, excited to go back because hmm. you know it is good to be home. Yeah. Um, particularly with the newborn. And, Maybe if you could do like half and half. Yeah, it'll be good to yeah. have that flexibility. Uh, you know, because one of the guys on my team he, um, went out to Colorado sometime over the you know uh, springtime or something. And he's like, yeah, I plan on working working a little bit from there, and and then I'll take some vacation. And my first immediate thought was kind of like, okay, well, what are you going to be doing? You know, what work do you have? How are we going to line this up to make sure you're staying, you know, yada, yada. And then I thought like, okay, well, actually, you've been working remotely this whole time anyway, right? So um, you could have already been in Denver or Cancun or because mm. there's no way to, to check up and walk by. So uh it, that, you know, there's also that aspect of now it does give you a little bit more freedom and it breaks down some of those, you know, I don't want to call them a norm, but some of that stuff of like, oh, he's only in the office half the time. He's probably not being as productive. Well, now if if we have that uh, experience where everyone was in the office, you know, 60% of the time. Yeah. So th- th- there will be some of that and I think that would be good. Uh, but yeah, we'll just see. Yeah, we will see. We will. Well, I'm not an office person. You know, we've been talking about maybe building a building and all that. And mm-hmm. one of the questions people ask is like, will there, you know, where, will there be offices? It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> number one, there's. I don't think we have the square footage for it there. Um, mm-hmm. Number two, like, we're not a office culture. Right. Like, even when we had a building, oh, I go to Cedar Falls, we have a building there, and there's an office. I'm not going to go sit in that office. Like, right. It's just... Post your office hours. And- yeah. And uh, I, know, I know a pastor... Um, well, I think a lot of churches have that kind of office culture, well, for good or bad. I mean, it's their thing, but, you know, it's kind of like, well, I can know for our, my old church in California, it was like that. Like, if you were on staff, you came, mm-hmm. and you came like you like you're going to Collins. Like, hmm. you show up at 8, and hmm. maybe you go for lunch for a meeting or something, and then you, but you're in the office till 5. Really? Yeah, and the head pastor knows you're there being productive, supposedly, and I'm just like... Doing what? Just... I, Reading, typing, calling. I mean, you know, there's different mm-hmm. things. Studying, like. I mean, sorry, I'm not saying like, well, what do you do? It's yeah, yeah, on yeah. Sunday, but. Well, that's the kind of thing I mean? that I'm saying. Why do you have to do it there? Right. You know, and and it's it's a little bit of an oversight culture where like if I don't trust Glenn to do his job, like why did I hire him? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and anyway, so anyway, ministry is also just different. You know, take the afternoon off because you got meetings tonight. Like it's just, I don't know. It's not an office culture type thing. So. Right. I've been working from home for a while, <clears throat> or Panera. So Second home. we talked on the phone a little while ago, and one of the things that came up was uh, just politics. And yeah. maybe I'll just throw a general question at you: like, what has your experience been like this year? Oh yeah. Um, as a observer, participator, mm-hmm. do you vote? Demonstrator. Demonstrator. <laughs> Agitator. Yeah, I do vote. I do vote. Okay. Yeah. So you are a participator in that sense, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and this is obviously not your first election that you've gone through, right? True. You've been through a few as an adult, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know things that you feel encouraged by. Any of that? 
uh, <laughs> as you watch the state of the world and the church and yeah i'm encouraged that my hope is not in okay these electors but. yeah 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 well so we'll move quickly to the other category what are the things that you find discouraging or challenging <laughs> or just right you know that we can pick apart a little bit um good that, that'll be interesting because um so it where do i start part part of my journey i'd say as uh someone who's been in this landscape of life where politics is part of life you know, particularly within our democracy um I've, I've seen myself really start to analyze this year um, for two main reasons. One reason is uh, a lot of the stuff that, you know, the, the backlash from the George Floyd incident. And then just the uh, maybe polarizing nature of the, you know, this election in general. And so, um, I, you know, I had a, a good conversation with a buddy. Uh, we, we talked fairly often and it's interesting um, you know, from the George Floyd thing about how I look at my life and see where I am now versus, you know, wh where I grew up and how different things are, hmm. um, in terms of, and, and yeah, you can ask questions cause I'll ramble a little bit, but the interconnectedness of, um, how that connects with politics is the two party system is not something that I am really thrilled about just, you know, in general. And I, I know I mentioned a little bit about uh, kind of how politics has been intertwined with religion and mm -hmm. the church. Um, so that's one topic. And then just the topic of um, political parties and, you know, agendas as they're seen within social, you know, reforms or, or what have you. So, um, you know, I look at as I grew up, um, and, you know, Uncle Joe, Mr. Biden said it himself, right? Um, well, maybe he didn't say, it wasn't like a word for word thing, but it basically hinted at like, hey, you know, how can you be a minority and vote for, you know, President Trump? And and that's kind of weird. Um, but then... No, he said, Dean, you're not black. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> There's not mince words here. Right. Uh, which, which is you like... You say you grew up... Uh, you're saying that in the context of where you grew up as in you feel like that, that, that would have been a common sen sentiment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, um, <clears throat> it's kind of the just like the expectation. Like, mm. uh, yeah, you're black, you're going to, you know, vote for Democratic, whatever, and you're going to be a part of those ideals. Um, and Well, unless you're a sellout. Well, there you go. <laughs> right. Um, but, but it's always been implicit. More and more, it seems to be a little explicit. Mm. Um, so... You know, but growing up in that environment, if I have to look at the individual, uh, okay, sorry, put a pin in that. So, okay. so one thing is, hey, if you're black, you vote Democratic, right? And the other thing is, well, hey, if you're you know part of the evangelical church, you're a Republican type deal, mm. you know. And so, so then you know, I sit in the middle of some of these things, mm -hmm. and I look at both sides, and I, and it's just like, like what are we? And I see things in both you know aspects that I, I just. So, so then I look at the democratic side, right? Or, or the, you're a black man, you know, you should vote for that. And, um, but if I look at issues of, um, you know, tax implications, right? So I'm in a different tax bracket than I was when I was growing up as a hmm. young black child, right? 
And uh, now, I mean, I'm not a millionaire, right? So I'm not saying hoity-toity, but if you just sure. look at the numbers, the numbers are different, right? Right. So perhaps it would have been more advantageous for me if I were to stay in that uh, environment, right? To to say, oh, well, you know, uh, hey, tax everybody and, you know, make sure I get my fair share or whatnot. So let me ask you this then. Is it sounds like <clears throat> you're saying uh, under there that, that the way you arrive at what tax policy um, – is just is by what will benefit you depending on your i mean i think there's like an honest like kind of a, admission there kind of like right you're not actually saying well what's just because yeah. you could say hey i'm in a different tax bracket now but i still think it's the right thing to do so let's increase my taxes and right but you feel more like the pain of it of like well i don't necessarily want to increase my is that what you're saying like so that uh that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. So that's not. There's how that tension I, there, right? That's not how I make my decisions. Just from solely, hey, what's hitting the bottom line, right? But I'm saying that that is part of the decision process that I personally need mm. to go through. That um, if I'm just expected to vote, you know, for one party or another, it takes that critical thinking away, right? And I'm just looking and saying, oh, well, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> you know. I'm all for social reform and helping people, you know, but, but if, if I were just looking at my bottom line, right, I have to go a different direction, Mm. most likely, right? So that's a microcosm of kind of the thought process and things that, that I'm looking at. And, uh, so, so that's part of it. Um, okay. No, go ahead. Are you moving off of, no, go ahead. I want to hear you. But then I have this clip I want to play. I figured we'd kind oh, of get. Okay. I feel I figured we'd kind of get into this area. So okay. But go ahead with that thought. Well, I mean, now you got me. All right, now I got you curious. Yeah. Check this out. It's a video on YouTube called "Why Do White Christians Vote Republican and Black Christians Vote Democrat?" Oh. And it's okay. like 15 minutes, but I just the last three minutes are I what I feel are the most helpful. Okay. Um. Black Christians are socially conservative. They're theologically conservative. So why aren't they politically conservative, too? Now, he's obviously talking in generalities, but it's generally true. The polls show Mm -hmm. black Christians, of which most American black people are. It's not like a huge atheist movement. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, um, Vote Democrat and most white Christians, evangelicals vote. Um, Republican. So mm-hmm. he's running with the stereotypes. Black Christians and white Christians vote very differently, partly because their histories and life experiences are vastly different. When white Christians look at the Supreme Court, for example, they see the reason abortion is legal and school prayer isn't. But when black Christians look at the Supreme Court, they see the reason they can vote and pursue housing and employment without blatant discrimination. That difference in perspective has a huge impact on whether you see the federal government as part of the problem or part of the solution. Having the right to hear a Christian prayer in your local public school doesn't mean much if you're not allowed to attend your local public school. And think about the words progressive and conservative. A progressive believes things should be improved by making progress, by moving forward, by progressing. A conservative believes the good things we presently have are at risk of being lost and need to be conserved or even revived from the past. 
So the best way to explain why white Christians vote for conservative candidates and black Christians vote for progressive candidates may simply be this. What do we see when we look in the rearview mirror? White Christians see a simpler time, when everyone went to church, when we prayed in school, when abortion was illegal and gender roles were clear. When black Christians look in the rearview mirror, the view is very different. They see fire hoses and church bombings and lynchings. They see Strom Thurmond saying, we will never let Negroes into our theaters, swimming pools, homes, or churches. They see white Christians applauding Strom Thurmond for saying that and then reelecting him to the Senate for five decades <laughs> until he dies in office at 2003 at the age of 100. <laughs> Is this beginning to make sense? There are other issues. Conservative oh, white Christians yeah. see sin mostly as an individual problem, wrongs committed by one person against another, requiring only individual confession and repentance as the solution. Black Christians also see sin as a systemic problem, sinful systems needing broader solutions and broader confession and repentance. So to wrap all this up, it really doesn't help that we've only got two viable parties and that we've decided one is for people who want things to change and the other is for people who want things to stay the same. I'm oversimplifying, but you get the point. The Bible calls us to hold on to what is good while also working toward what is best, to conserve and progress. And neither party lines up with that very well. But I hope at least now you understand how Christians from different backgrounds can read the same Bible, pray to the same God, and come to very different conclusions about who's going to get their vote. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. The show's over. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's such a helpful perspective is what mm -hmm. your different experience, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? As a community. Right. And obviously, I think it in America, it transcends the church. Right. You know, uh, but that, that's a good context for it. Um, you know, that's the thing about when people say, you know, man, we just need to get back to the good old days of America. You know, I, I just have to pause and step back and think, OK, you know, like there's a <laughs> I asked my kids like, the other day, I, I said, go back so far. <laughs> well, I asked my kids the other day, I said, when Trump says make America great again, like, what do you think? What is he saying? Mm -hmm. Like what? And people, what do people hear when he say it, says that? Mm -hmm. And I'm we had trouble coming up with what is he actually saying? I don't think he's saying we want to go reverse our civil rights, right. you know, amendments and things like that. Like what is he saying? I, I. It seems to me that he's talking about um, an era. It seems to be economic, maybe, mm -hmm. where like an era of the when America was a, a fierce competitor and the you know and we weren't losing jobs overseas and then that brings in you know with it ideas of like other nationalities and races and you know people coming here and things like that so that it seems to get imported with it but it seems to me like the main issue is about jobs and and fighting for um America's economic status Power. in the world in the world yeah, I, I would agree. I agree. Um, I don't know if that's how everyone receives it. Because you know, it gets tainted by all the these other things, gets, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, I, I think it's not a far stretch to say that a lot of the uh, 
I won't say policies, but ideals that he comes with, they come from a business background. You know, so it is certainly economically driven, I, I think. Um, you know, the, and then, yeah, and then messages get tainted. Have you seen the movie or heard of it, Hillbilly Elegy? Never heard of it. All right, it's on Netflix. It was kind of trending there for a while, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's based on a book, and, and the movie doesn't really get into this stuff, uh, but the book does. And uh, the, the guy, author's name is J.D. Vance. And a big part of what he talks about in there is how what what is viewed now as MAGA country mm-hmm. used to be the Democratic base, mm. mm-hmm. right? Because if you think about the Democratic base for a long time was, what was it? It was the push against um, the corporate power mm-hmm. and the worker, right? Protecting the worker, right? And then I listened to a guy named Brett Weinstein also. He's a, now, he's a Democrat, interestingly, but he, he really critiques... Uh, what he would say the Democratic Party has abandoned their base <laughs> by selling out their jobs overseas. Hmm. Oh, in- sure. interesting. Yeah, and okay. then, and then, and then Trump came along and was like, "You've been forgotten about. Mm-hmm. You're a flyover country. No one cares about you." And this, there's this big shift from uh, from the middle, lower working class that used to be majorly Democratic, right? To, to Trump now. And it's just a really interesting, interesting yeah. book. And uh, so, yeah, it's tied to the economics, but also, yeah, it's going to be tied to, uh, because of globalism and immigration, boom, that, you know, obviously gets gets racialized sure. pretty quickly. Right. Um, he touches on the, the, the two-party issue there also, um, because now you're forced into some choice. Like, I could see, um, well, let me ask you this. So, mm-hmm. So if in the black community, and it's where it's like, hey, you vote Democrat, this kind of the assumed thing. Like, how do how do they process the, some of the more moral issues of like, you know, the views on abortion and oh, yeah. and uh, you know, gender and marriage and all that stuff. Right. I'm gonna close these windows. You can. Okay. If we can get a fire out of here. Then. <laughs> uh, so you're kind of hitting on two things here. Um, so let me go with the first thing, kind of maybe finish the point on a lot of the thoughts within the black community, particularly because I think he touches on it a little bit. And um, and I I go, I don't go both ways. I, <laughs> oh, confession. <laughs> I, um, I probably go against the grain in some regards with... Um, I think within, you know, both parties kind of promise, you know, that, I mean, everyone, we all make promises that ultimately, you know, we don't have the sovereignty to keep. But one of the promises that I think has hurt the mindset of the communities that I've grown up in is the thing of, um, hey, you know, we need equality. Uh, we need yeah equal access to this and and when you talk you know as he's talking about the progressive things as you look back in the mirror or if you as you look in the mirror, rearview mirror uh, yeah certainly we need to go past this the the problem that I always run into is okay if we're if we're moving somewhere who's driving that car and suddenly you know you're telling me okay so donovan's running for you know president or whatever as a democrat presidente oh oh yeah you're right (laughs) i don't know spanish uh just out of (laughs) vowel 
<laughs> Fair enough. Um, and, and you're saying, hey, you know, hey, free, you you've been poor your whole life, and uh, I'm here to make you rich, right? And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to take money from this guy and make sure it's all equal, and you know, and I think that's very detrimental to my community and to me to say, um, and it, you know, hey. That this is the way for you to get equality is by you know uh, allowing me to level the playing field, as opposed to hey here's some ways that uh, that you can you know work to level the playing field yourself. And I, I was listening to a um, I forget what it was called. It was like black black progressives versus black conservatives or something. It wasn't versus right, but like was, a debate. Uh, no, it was a panel discussion. Okay, and uh, there was probably. Uh, five on each side right or but they were sitting together it wasn't like a yeah. de- debate discussion but and you know one of the guys says something he's like you know hey um the stock market right for instance um the stock market is out there for everyone right so if i go log into fidelity and go to buy a stock there's not going to be a pop-up to say you know hey can you just verify that you're a white male you know what i mean and you know there's so that's just one example of a lot but of you have to have the extra income to be able to do that right but how do i get that extra income? Mm. you know that's the thing of there are barriers <clears throat> to certain things that that we run up against um but what's the solution for that you know um if i don't have the income to invest in the stock market and someone gives me 10 extra dollars a month or whatever i'm not probably you know i'm probably not going to put that in the stock market you know um mm. And so, yeah, we don't have to talk about universal basic income and all that, but uh, those are some of the things where I look at the Democratic Party and the things that they just, you know, universally promise as as the progressive portion of things and equality and all that. And I'm all for social equality, social reform, whatever you want to call it. But I think the means to getting there, I think we just get it wrong on both sides. So I think, yeah, part of the challenge here is that... um... Um, well, these things get loaded with uh, v- value words. Like, for example, um, I was listening to, honestly, listen, I, I listen to all kinds of podcasts. I literally listened to some communists, and they were talking today about abolishing the police and all kinds of stuff. And, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> one of the things, one of them said is that, you know, I don't understand why Christians preach love but then vote to take food from mm. poor people. And like on its surface, like yeah, well, I guess I see what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. um, but if you follow that logic to its ultimate conclusion, like then you basically, like, what if, like, what's the tax rate? You know, let's say for the richest people, let's say it's seventy percent or whatever, mm-hmm. and they come and say, hey, we we need it to be seventy one, and you go, no, I think that's enough. You're like, oh, you don't care about poor people, right? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> No, no, it needs to be, okay, you're right. I want to be a loving person. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, okay, now we need it to be 72. Well, I think, no, I think that's enough. Oh, you don't care about poor people? Right. And so the, the, it becomes framed in such a way mm-hmm. that that is kind of, it's called a Kafka trap. Like you're not allowed to have a position because it's already been predetermined as unloving. Right. Um, but I think that that's not, that's not the proper way to analyze it. The proper way is, I think, to say, this is really complicated. Like I've said before, I do believe in some degree of taxation and using 
a society using that money to care for uh, needy people? Mm-hmm. Like, but how much? And then what are the ways forward? And how do we care for people? How do we help them develop? Like, it's really complicated. And I think really reasonable people can disagree and debate about the mm-hmm. degrees to which we do one thing or the other. But when it becomes polarized and becomes one's the loving thing to do, right? And the other's the unloving thing to do. And it's like, well, this is not. This leads to the. Well, I think this the state we're in. Exactly. Everyone's they're evil, right? Like they literally are evil. Republicans and <clears throat> I know a lot of Republicans. Some of my best friends are Republicans. And uh, when I would just say the people that are my friends and are in our church and they're not evil, right? I think there's times when they have some faulty views and conclusions, and I push on those. My wife go to my wife and I fight about this stuff. <laughs> Like, my wife and I don't usually fight. We get along really well, but we have had a few scraps this year about this stuff. Mm. Um, It's healthy. Yeah, maybe. Um, Because I think there's some things she doesn't quite get, and because of her background and growing up, and she's not considering. Mm -hmm. um, But she's not, because she generally tends Republican, and she'll tell you that. I don't think it's because she's an evil, uncaring person. It's because she genuinely believes that freer markets are going to be better for Mm -hmm. most people. Right now, is that true? Right. I think it's up for debate, but to immediately call that person evil and unloving or a mm-hmm. capitalist uh, oppressor, it's like, wow, this right. is not going to help the conversation. Right. Yeah. To grant one another the benefit of the doubt, and especially in the church. Right. For goodness' sake, these are your brothers and sisters you take communion with, and you're like, they're evil. <laughs> It's like <laughs> then you're in the wrong church. I mean, well, they are, church. you know, in the sense that they have sin and all that, but you know what I mean? It's right. different. Right to say man they're 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 just heartless don't care for the poor they're out to take everything they can get it's like right yeah 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 that that also goes to the cancel culture stuff that uh, we don't necessarily need to get too far into but it's it's all that you know can are you able to have an opinion without one way or the other being you know judged as unloving or judged as you know wrong inconsiderate on, on both sides, right? And I, th- I think there should be, particularly within the church, there should be an opportunity to have differing opinions and have conversation around it, and you know, be able to perhaps take time to understand and learn. And um, f- but I think it's you know certainly framed within the overall redemptive story of of God. And I mean, that's partially how I think you can have those conversations of, um, you know, there's very few things that I hold very tight and close. Um, and it's partially just of the freedom of, yes, I don't want to be, have freedom to be ignorant, but, (laughs) uh, well, it's one of the things that maybe you're hitting on here that I've thought is that people are taking the non-essentials and putting them in the essentials categories. Yes. And I get it because they, like, let's take uh, vaccines, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, I know some of my best friends are anti-vaxxers. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Maybe I should be. I'm, I don't Maybe I'm ignorant. You know, that's the whole thing. Like, right. I don't know. Yep. I just grew up vaccinated, and my kids have been vaccinated, and, you know, mm-hmm. certainly can see there being a problem with some of them. Like, I'm, my point is I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. But when someone is one, I'm not mad at them. Right. Like, well, I get it. I understand why the things they've read, the, the conclusions they've come to, they're doing it because they have care and concern for their kids and their family. And mm-hmm. and maybe they're wrong. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, but it doesn't make me angry at them. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, it's all right. It's not an essential. Right. But I could see why you connect it to an essential because you connect it to a life and death. But this is a life and death issue. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, oh, man. Right. Yeah. So let me get some counseling here. Oh, uh, okay. Let's go back to a, a little bit what you were um, maybe m- moving towards. Um, and because uh, I talked a little bit about, uh, you know, some of my background within the democratic sphere of things. Yeah. So here, I think here's the thing that, that I always struggle to reconcile um, within maybe the, uh, the marriaging marriaging (laughs) coupling yeah the the mayor yeah coupling whatever uh between the republican party and in the evangelical church and um so i guess i guess there's probably two main issues um abortion and Mm -hmm. uh homosexuality right Mm -hmm. those are always great topics and i've gone uh many you know, I've really put my thinking cap on for for many years, right? So I guess let's just talk abortion because that's uh, probably one of the easier ones. Um, this is where I've landed um, because there's always the question of now. I don't. I, just to be clear, I don't just check a box and vote one way or another, right? You know, I, I do go through the critical thinking and, um, but you know, a question of okay, so can you can you be a Christian? and be pro-choice, right? Uh, versus just, you know, pro-life. Um, that's one thing that I've all that was another way. Maybe can you even be pro-life and vote Democrat? Can you be? Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, is that what you were saying? Or were you saying more like, can you actually be a Christian and be pro-choice? Well, well, that's a tough way to yeah, even mean, framing that question. Like, it is it a, is it can it be a Christian position? Right, and I don't I don't know if it can. I so, but that's yeah, the ahead. thing that it's framed as, uh, you know, are you a Christian? And like, there's a checklist, right? Okay, so you're a Christian. Oh yeah, so you're you know, oh okay, you, yep, you go to church on Sunday, good. You brush your teeth, yeah. <laughs> you know, your kids are respectful, okay. Uh, you're pro-life, right? Yep, good. And, and you go down the list, right, of things that, well, you must be, you know, you you must fall in this category. And um, so, and I've I've tried to articulate this in my mind. So interrupt me when you need to, yeah. right? But I, well, and, and this goes a little bit to the, um, you know, laws against abortion and laws against homosexuality or or maybe not like explicit laws but i guess if you're not allowed to get married that's kind of a law right? sure yeah, yeah um well and there are literal laws on the book still places where homosexual behavior is illegal i mean no one's enforcing it right but. well there, there's also laws in the books or there's ordinances where black people can't buy houses in certain places right or still on the books yeah like i mean it's written on the deeds that you know right like don't sell this to them so anyway that's Part two of, or not part two, part also of what I look at in like some of this stuff is really someone takes the Bible, interprets it a certain way, makes a law out of it, and then, hey, we're set in stone, right? Um, but 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 particularly like with abortion. Okay. Yeah, let's stick there. Okay. So my, my thoughts there are, I believe that my, my role maybe, or my position as a, as a Christian, 
right? Um, so I do believe that, you know, killing a, a baby or a abortion, I mean, that's that's taking a life that God has ordained. Okay. Um, and, and I guess, yeah, allow me to take some of my sovereignty hat off of, well, God ordained the life. Obviously, he, you know, allowed it to be aborted. I mean, that's all part of his plan, right? But in terms of decisions that we make as humans. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's my position to require that you have to keep this child um, on the grounds of it, it being a sin or on grounds of it being the unintended way for, you know, God, you know, God. So <laughs> I, I look at Are you this. trying to say you're not, it's not your job to legislate morality? Part, yes, partially. But let me say what I think my job is, okay. what I feel like my role is, and maybe this is you know specific to myself, not necessarily as the global church, but I think that I should allow you to choose. Okay. Um, what I want to do is uh, present you with... The, you you want to influence their choice. I want, yeah, I want to present... I don't want to influence your choice. I want to present you with Christ. Right. Okay. And, you know, so, so so once you've really, you know, uh, been able to experience the true love of God or, you know, like once you've experienced Christ, I I mean, the choice, in my opinion, the choice is made. Right. Um, If if you are really compelled by by this figure, um, I don't have to go down the list of telling you the things that that you should not or should be doing. Um, okay. I think I get the gist of what you're saying. Um, so are you then, my my question then would be, would you apply that, um, consistently? Like, do you think we shouldn't have laws against murder and slavery? Like, Hey, let's, let's just, well, no, let's not make laws against slavery. Let's just present people with Christ and then they'll change their mind. And right. No, but I, I kind of, I don't want to throw the question back to you, Okay, but it, where are we getting these laws? Is there a law against um, me lying to you, or is there a law against uh, me belittling Rita as my wife? Right. So there is a there is an issue there of, of, and I I'd like to learn more about this um, mm-hmm. because I'm not an anarchist. I do think there needs to be laws. Agreed. It's not the ultimate ideal. Like the ideal is that out of love we do the right things right right we love god love people like sure. but because we live in a fallen world as we preach the gospel there's laws that restrain evil um and that's biblical you know like god sends the government with swords and guns to restrain evil and they're not going to do it perfectly they're going to have injustice as well mm-hmm. um so there needs to be laws that that restrain evil in a society where which ones and where you draw the line i do think it's tricky i I mean i know things like murder seem pretty intuitive to me like well that's a big one and baby baby murder is also one of those so Mm -hmm. but yeah like i can lie to you you know and it could cause damage to your reputation but maybe you could sue me or something but yeah i mean i know what you mean like not everything becomes a law like it's not you know like is it a law that people need to go to church then? Because that's a good thing to do, you know. Like, right? Um, what laws in the Bible end up making it to the societal level 
and which ones don't, right? Like divorce used to be illegal. Mm-hmm. That was one of the laws that, and then that changed. Now it's not illegal. You can do it or you cannot do it. And, you know, like, um, but that one used to be on the list and now it's not. And so mm-hmm. if that's the question, yeah, I think it's tricky. I don't, I don't know enough about that issue. And I'm sure people have written on that. Like, you know, what, what type of violations are, are, uh, what type of relational violations are also illegal violations and which sure. aren't? I don't know. I don't know where to draw that line. Um, but but for me, it's pretty intuitive that murders on that, on that and slavery, man, theft. Right. Make it on that list mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, and... But yet again, I'm not, for some reason, maybe I've just been influenced by my culture. So I'm, I'm pro, not, you know, I'm pro traditional marriage and gender roles and mm-hmm. heterosexuality, sexuality and all that, but I'm not suggesting we should throw homosexuals in prison. Sure. So I obviously, well, why not? I don't know. Maybe I'm inconsistent. I mean, someone can educate me on that. Right. I, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem intuitive to me. I also know that, don't think that it's going to be helpful to throw women that have had abortions in prison in prison sure i don't know man all right and, okay and I, I don't i mean there's not a, a one-size-fits-all answer i don't think that but, but you know um to kind of go back to the genesis of some of my thoughts part of what i'm i'm fearful of is the you know what hill is our church ready to die on in terms of if if someone outside of the church is looking at you know me right um what what well, maybe I... abortion is that hill all right let me be... turn this on you yeah do it so this video we just watched okay he said one of the problems that black people see when they look in the rearview mirror mm-hmm. is the white church mm-hmm. not standing up for them and in fact maybe even cheering it on mm-hmm. so should they die on that hill you imagine some pastor like, well, we don't want to die on this hill. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want to, you know, we're for Christ. Meanwhile, like, black people getting, you know, fire hosed in the street. And he's like, well. Right. Does that analogy carry over where, like, the uh, aborted children are hell worth dying on for the church to not, to say, hey, yeah, we're going to, we're going to stand in the gap for the vulnerable. Yeah. We didn't do that well. Well, and I hate those broad sweeps. I mean, a lot of churches did. Sure. and uh, Frankly, the majority white well whatever um but some churches really really failed in that and mm-hmm. uh so yeah i don't know like yeah. why is, maybe it is a hill worth dying on free let's die on that hill uh but how are we how are we doing that is okay. part of what i'm struggling with as well right um as opposed to political so there's other ways that and and that's what so and that's exactly where some of my rub comes where it's you know you, you know hey we're connected to uh, protecting the babies, so therefore we we're connected to, to the Republican Party, or... and that's where that's. I where do that think there's a become slippery. There's a slippery. there's a da- there's a that word is slippery. There's a danger there. And I've seen this: is that if you're a single issue voter, is that someone comes along and goes, "What? I know how to get this guy's vote. Mm-hmm. I'm not even actually yeah, do anything, right, to help the issue, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do a bunch of other crap that's not Christian, mm-hmm. but I've got their number, right? And I do think that that's not good. Right. Not good at all. Right. Um, I mean, I, so, and this this may or may not be related, but I think about this sometimes with the, you know, you drive down the interstate, you see the sign, God is pro-life. It's got an American flag on it. 
right? There's connotations behind it. And I think to myself, okay. What yes. a wonderful world. Well, <laughs> yeah. um, like what, what if that sign was next to the cross, right? Like with Christ on the cross, this sign, God is pro-life. How do you, do we reconcile that, right? Because that is not life in the life of her death sense well, of it in the flesh. I think that's an unfair, uh, what do you call it, uh, reclaiming the term. Okay, help so me like, Yeah, because pro-life, and maybe they need a different um, um, word, because pro-life means, in the context of the conversation, mm-hmm. I am against abortion. So one of the ways that that works against the movement is that say, oh yeah, you're pro-life, then you don't care about black and brown bodies once they're born. It's like because you don't vote Democrat. It's like, well, <laughs> right. well, maybe, maybe you're right, but mm-hmm. but pro-life technically in that in that context means that you are against abortion, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's a fair way to. Oh yeah, well then God killed his son. Is he pro-life? <laughs> right. Well. Yep. But it was the way to life. You know, God is... Exactly. He's, so, so here's... But the challenge is, the same guy who... The same guy. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> the same God. The same dude. The same dude. <laughs> that murdered... That murdered... Didn't murder... That crucified his son, that crushed him, mm-hmm. also said, that shall not commit murder. Right? Mm-hmm. So so you. So how do you reconcile that? Well... Um. Well, he didn't do anything illegal. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't break the law. Murder is illegal. It's not actually. It's not actually illegal to kill. Like the Bible sanctions mm-hmm. killing. Mm-hmm. There's there's room for killing in the Bible, right? So anyway, I, I think God's God's complex, and there's a lot of different layers there about what He's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I th- if your argument was God is there's a dead God. How does that square with being pro-life? Like no, well, then that I don't want to call it an argument. It's a thought process okay. that I've been going through. Okay. Of, um, what, uh, it, you know, if if to be a Christian means to be Christ-like, what example of Christ am I trying to portray? And that goes like to my children, right? Um, when I come down from you know, waking up in the morning and the kids are down there eating breakfast, right? They haven't seen me for 12 hours because everyone's been sleeping and everything's been great. Um, There's certain reactions that I could have, right? There's a reaction of, hey, what, you know, there's a gallon of milk that's poured out on the floor. What's going on here? You know, uh, why why aren't you guys having clothes on? You're still in (laughs) What's going on at your house, bro? (laughs) (laughs) These are just examples of my daily life. Um, And I have to fight against that, right? but and then there's the come down hey good morning how you doing really love you hugs and kisses right um not to generalize this but to to really show affection right and be like wow this is this is great um i think it's kind of, you know i think about my christian faith in the same way of it's just it, it's scary for me if i think about my first interaction with someone who needs to see the love of christ of me condemning them uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so no, that's certainly not. I think an advisable approach. Yeah. Personal ways that I would think through things. The the other thing is, um, I I always think about the you know when when it comes to laws and things about 
the interaction that Christ had with the Pharisees and the, you know, how, um, how I have to remind myself that sometimes these laws and things that I'm putting in my mind and like the way that I'm either internalizing it hmm. or, um, translating it may not be, you know, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's not the law itself, right? It's the, what, you know, God wants to have a relationship with me. And, and th these are the ways that he's telling me, Hey, you know, I think it'd be easier for us to be in relationship if, if you were to pray every now and then and just talk to me. Right. Or I think it would be easier for us to be in a relationship. Um, if, if you were content with what you had and, and didn't always chase after, you know, what, what your neighbor has and all that, you know, so, so yeah, those, <clears throat> in a way that's a law, right. Or it, or I've made it into a law. Um, but if I'm missing the spirit of what he's saying, yeah, then. Yeah. I, so I certainly think there's a lot here. So one is, um, uh, okay. So we're talking about the role of law basically, and particularly with the church and our witness to the world. Mm -hmm. And okay. it sounds like that's part of what you're, you're talking about. And yeah. So certainly there's a great deal of people who um overemphasize and really kind of l minimize their christian witness to like culture wars and how we're going to vote and sure and it gets out of hand um and there's a place for law Agreed. in the world yeah. for sure right but yes i don't think that's the advisable um and a lot of people just said outsourcing their <laughs> You know, there you go. I voted, and therefore I'm fighting for justice. You know, because I voted, yeah. I voted right, and they're pro-life. Like, but really, right? What did Christ do? Like, well, he modeled, right? So let's look at the cross, and what he did was he sought the life of others through his own self-sacrifice, right? So do that. You can enter spaces with people, right? <clears throat> the vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, maybe if that single mom had a support network of. You know at a church or a family that brought her in like she wouldn't feel so desperate and feel like she needed to you know get rid of this child like there's usually a lot mm -hmm. of fear and they're not just like oh i love killing children like there's they they feel trapped mm -hmm. and um and and they underestimate the value of sacrifice and suffering obviously who doesn't right we, we all do so i think that's the heart of what you're saying and i would agree with that um so that shouldn't be no the main posture and the witness of the Christian church shouldn't be we're marching in the streets for Republicans because we want to vote for this or that or that like no like you live in a society where you can do that and like you think through that but yeah the main approach should be a life of relationship and generosity and willingness to have our schedules disrupted and sacrifice for the vulnerable that can actually change lives I think is that catch the heart of what you're saying there? Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, there was the uh, I don't know if you listened to the song that I sent a couple of weeks back, maybe, but one of the lines in the song was uh, paraphrasing, um, but uh, sometimes, or well, uh, maybe they don't need the Bible; they just need a hug, or, or you know, something like that. Right? That sounds so liberal free. I, I, I know. <laughs> I listen to a lot of. Uh, liberal music? No, not really. But, but, but. So I, I think it's a. I, I mean, I think it's a both and, right? Like, I need to present you with the truth. I yeah. need you need the word, right? Um, you, you, you need 
to and sometimes that's if i'm that's another thing if my relationship with you is your only touch point right now to christ right um i need to do it in word and in deed right like i need to speak christ mm. words to you right, explicitly yeah. yeah you know um but <clears throat> sometimes you just need a hug you know uh and sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not a good hugger. Yes, Rita, I'm not good. I'm, I'm good. At you t- preach, she hugs. Exactly. You know. Um, so, what's modeling? It's, it's the they need to. I mean, Christ did. God wrote the Bible, and oh. then He did it. Hmm. Right. Like He knows we need the Word, but then wow. He came. It was like you need to see me in the flesh and experience my life which is what the disciples experienced john says we beheld his glory full of grace and truth like mm-hmm. um the law came through moses and the law is holy and righteous and good and mm-hmm. it, you know but it it has its limits it in fact it's a condemnation to you ultimately but christ came and they beheld his glory and they were radically transformed so absolutely what you're saying there i mean i think that but it's that's the harder thing to do it's easier to vote and or even just preach say hey mm. i've told people mm-hmm. It's like I keep telling my neighbors, like, you know, keep inviting them to church, and I keep telling them about who Jesus is. Like, yeah, did you ever invite them into your home? And that's this. Oh, well, now, now the, uh, well, the sacrifice gets harder. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I do think that's part of the challenge. And you know, certainly the church has victories in that and failures. And we, we have different challenges because mine is the opposite. What's that? You invite people in your home, but you're less prone to preach. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Now, why is that? Um, you know, I haven't put my finger on it totally. I, uh, I don't think it's a fear-based thing, necessarily. Um, I think it's a... You give me some options. I mean, I don't... I, I, I certainly do it. I just don't do it as much as, you know, as I would... Um, as I would like to. Okay, so it's not fear. Maybe it's a lack of zeal. Maybe like That's you're, com- you're comfortable just, hey, we're just having fun. And I'm just like, oh, and there's maybe not a great enough, um, and I don't know, I'm submitting this for your consideration, maybe not a great enough, you know, sober-mindedness about reality and like what's ultimately important and you just kind of make friends with the world and hang out. And- that could be it. I, I mean, that, that could certainly be part of it, of a, um, hey, yeah, I'm loving my my potential brother. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm not overflowing to the point where overflowing. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm to like, the point you're where like this singing is in all, tongues. Yeah, like over him. Literally, all I'm talking about. And he's like, okay, I'm not. You know, so, so, so that 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 is a good consideration there. Uh, it's hard, man. I think in long in long term relationships, especially, like, um, you don't want to be that guy who's suddenly about to Jesus juke you. And one of the things. Uh, I've encouraged people to do over the years and know someone you're in a long-term relationship with someone and you want witness to be part of your life, but you also don't want them every time you invite them over for dinner, they're like, okay, speaking of the lamb, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> you're always yeah, making like everything you, here. everything you cook is a Bible analogy. Um, right. Manna. Um, <laughs> rather than feeling like, Oh, that's always going to be the case. And it's not appropriate for every relationship. But one of the things I've suggested is for people to say, Hey, Hey, you know, this is important to me. And like, I don't want to be that guy, but like, I don't know, every, however long, could we just go there? We'll go get a beer or a burger or whatever it is. And we're just going to go there, man. Like, mm-hmm. We're going to talk 
philosophy and Jesus and culture and all that. We're just going to, and then it's scheduled, you know, and it's just explicit mm -hmm. and there's like a permission. And I've literally, every time I've encouraged someone to do that, it's always been on the other end, well-received. They're like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And it removes that. Then you don't feel like you're never doing it. Right. And they don't feel like, you know, oh gosh, she's about to pounce on me any moment. And just go there. <laughs> hey, you know, I love Jesus and blah, blah, blah. And like, let's go. This is, you know, whatever. March 17th, uh, St. Patrick's Day. We're going to go there. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Something to consider. And it's going to depend on the relationship. You know, mm -hmm. Aubrey does that with her brother. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a long-term relationship. Like, she wants to share Christ with him. But, man, she's known him her, her whole life. Every time it's going to be that thing. Right. So just every once in a while, she just goes, hey, you want to have that talk? And yeah. he'll be like, all right, let's do it. And they do. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's part of the thing. It's not to say fear, but like, man, how do we manage this long term and not make the relationship weird? And mm -hmm. you know, and right. So, I think part of it too is that um, unnecessary pressure I, that I would put on myself. You know, speaking personally, of all right, you know, I've been hanging out with Donovan for the last six years, and you know, perhaps I'm it. I might be his only portal to Christ. Right? Portal. Yes. <laughs> and so I got one, ch you know, one or two chances here, and, <laughs> you know, if I mess this up, then they're lost forever, you know? And so there, there are certain lies that, that, you know, need to be worked through in that respect. But if I'm just, you know, I'm trying to externalize my internalization of things as I think through it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Pray, I guess, pray for discernment in that too. And um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, some people have the, the yeah, just that you kind of flipped it. You know, I was saying some people like to just preach and then it's like preach from a distance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like bumper sticker Christian living, you know what I mean? Like right. minimum exposure and it's just drive by, but there it is. Right. Um, and I'm sure people are different places and, you know, have different types of relationships in their lives. So, mm -hmm. um, it's good. Um, so, yeah, I was talking with someone recently who became a Christian, uh, basically, and started attending Redeemer, and it's the only church they've ever been a part of. And they were kind of asking me, like, why is Redeemer so majorly on the right? Mm. Which I think is fair to say. Mm -hmm. And I was, and I realized that. I don't think he knew that it's not a redeemer issue. It's a evangelical Western or American church issue. Yep. And, uh, and you know, someone might say, "Well, we the church does need to be on the right." Like, fine, have that conversation and make that argument. But the point is, he kind of thought it was a redeemer thing. Right. No, what's up with redeemer? Certainly not. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. And it, and and when I did, he's like, "Oh, this is really depressing. Like, what do we do?" It was like, yeah. Well, keep preaching and sharing and having conversations, and but realize that everywhere you go, every church is going to have some cultural blind spot. Mm -hmm. You know, like so, move to China, and then they're going to have their blind spot. And right. like, man, what's up with this Xinghao church? And it's like, well, it's all of them. Right. <laughs> I don't know, whatever it is over there. <laughs> yeah. So this has to do with, I think, spiritual warfare, demonic strongholds, mm -hmm. and that can damage the witness of the church mm -hmm. and. And all that yeah yeah i think we've been lulled a little bit into thinking that there is something that needs to be done about you know like does there need to be a 50 50 split or does there like what what is the right answer and it kind of goes back to you know for me i don't I, my problem is with 
the potential divisiveness of you know some of these things and you know if you say democrat republican mask no mask like it's it's i don't think there's anything wrong with it at the at the root right it's just but there is large potential for some of that device because we we take it too personally right and and, and we're just people right i mean we're we're human and so and that's one thing that um you know i've had i've had buddies that have left a church uh to go to a different church because oh they weren't so you know socially conscious enough or uh, you know um they weren't uh well whatever yeah socially conscious you know and you know, in my in my well, not my mind, but in my heart, I think like, well, what are you running from, and where are you running to? You know, you, you you're now. You know, if it was a, a Wiccan church, I guess, and it's going to more sure some clear things. Yeah, but um, you know, we're going from one per. You know, if you um, uh, were to offend me. You know, I'm going to go to another church with other people that are ultimately going to offend going me. To offend you. you know, like it's 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 deeper than that, I, I think. And so, um, I, I you know, I embrace and look forward to you know working through some of those things. Um, but I think part part of the culture has told us that well, there needs to be an issue here if you don't agree with this, right? Like, you need to. Right, right. reconcile it or sure people have a low tolerance for offense and and don't don't know how to work through long-term reconciliation i mean that being said i do think there's times to leave like it's one thing if i offend oh, you no 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 i but if i'm sorry. just like obviously irresponsible and careless and with you all the time and you're like yeah this guy's an idiot i gotta go sure like, no agree but there's a certainly way too quick and again it comes back to our weakness and not wanting to deal with stuff and way too quick uh, to to leave. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know how many conversations have I had when it's like, hey, by the way, I wanted you to know we're going to another church. Assuming they even tell me, because here's the eight things that I was offended by, and it's like, wow. Right. We, or you could stay, and we could actually start doing church. Yeah. We could actually do the thing now. Right. Um, and then I get it. People are, man, we just we just suck, man. Um. And. Thanks for that encouragement. Yeah. Well, but I guess the good news is Christ doesn't, right? And he holds on to us and mm-hmm. forgives all that. And he does love his church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I had, a, I had a couple miracles this past. I call them miracles. I did. I had a guy message me. Um, well, I had, I had a guy who sat with me for lunch. And it basically was an exit conversation. Mm. And he says, it was literally, I just said, here's the several things that have been bothering us. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks. And he goes, I didn't want to just send an email. And I said, that's fair, but first conversation being the exit conversation is not much better than an email, man. Like, All right. And uh, I said, I don't want you to go. If you got to go, you got to go. You know, trust the Lord, but let's work through these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of hadn't heard from him for a while. Then he sent me a message this past week and said, man, I'm really sorry for how I handled that. And hmm. it was not fair. And da, da, da. And I was like, pray like angels, like singing. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. what in the world? Like, so... Uh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know, we'll see what happens. They, they may end up sticking around or, or not. But mm-hmm. I just was like, this is such a rare occurrence that right. I was like, man, praise God. Praise God. Right. So anyway, we've gotten off topic, but I think we're yeah, about yeah. done here. Oh, yeah. I, um, it's good. Appreciate you letting me brain dump. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I Hopefully there's some fruit in these in these things. Just to, I'm trying to, one of the things, again, I'm trying to do with this is is model how to, nuance and have some of these conversations about what can tend to be hot issues and Mm -hmm. 
and uh, grant one another the benefit of the doubt. Love each other. And, uh, man, yeah, pray for the church. We do take things um, that are not essential and make them essential, I think, is one of the the key issues. Mm. So, cool, free. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, all, I'm excited for my next couple of guests as well. Um, And uh, so stay tuned to see what that's all about. Uh, But we'll be releasing a few episodes here over Christmas. Are you traveling for Christmas free? No, No. it's against the law, I think, right? More or less. I don't know. We'll be we'll be locked down. I'm not telling you what we're doing. (laughs) I want you reporting me. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you later.